It's Munich, it's October, and for the real estate industry, that means Expo Real. While less attended than in previous years, conversations were just as intense with questions around the future of the workplace, how the real estate industry tackles the sustainability challenge, and how crucial technology will be for the sector, and how alternative, alternative sectors really are. I'm Russell Handy, your host, and I'm joined by Richard Bloxham, Global CEO for Capital Markets. Hi, Richard. Hey, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. It's good to see a lot of people, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but, but this number of people back at Expo is, I, you know, it's great to see. I think also a little cathartic, honestly, when you've been me like almost everybody locked up for a large proportion of the last uh, eighteen months, twenty months. There's something kind of almost emotional about seeing people back and active in the real estate industry and uh, as, as much as we were extremely kind of agile in our ability to use technology to keep in contact with everyone there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, that personal face-to-face meetings are, are very difficult to replicate online. And the investors you're meeting, Richard, obviously so far we've seen pretty much uh, a retrenched core and, and safety, if you like, for obvious reasons throughout the pandemic. It's felt like it's been a case of finding out where the security lay for a lot of investors. As we move out, out of this now and we move beyond the pandemic, is that going to change? Do you feel that perhaps it's time to start look beyond that and go further out the risk spectrum? I, I think that the, the capital has, has been there throughout the COVID crisis, um, ready to look at what I would call more opportunistic and value-add opportunities. Um, so um, there's, there's no lack of, of desire, I think. Figuring out where you want to, to play is probably the, the most important question that investors are asking. There's, there's no doubt that the as the crisis unfolded, you know, we saw a, a very understandable uptick in demand for living asset classes overall, particularly multi-housing, um, but, but, but also for industrial and logistics. And you know, if you're sitting at home and the number of boxes coming through your door are anything like uh, mine and others, then it's understandable that investors also see that, that trend. Uh, but but as, as the crisis begins to slowly appease, and I use that phrase very cautiously because there are different countries around the world at very different stages, it, it feels like the the time to take advantage of maybe some dislocation changes in how asset classes are operating is is there. And certainly the appetite is uh, is back. You know, we had, we had uh, over 240 billion of transactions in the second quarter globally, and that's up uh, 103% on the year before. Um, I actually not that keen on the 2020 comparison. Uh, I think it's a it's almost like a a year you have to kind of put to one side for any trends. Uh, so the fact that it's up three percent on 2019 is probably a more interesting fact. Uh, and I you know I I I get why the multi housing and living sector has been so highly sought after. If you look at the financial crisis, residential more broadly as a rental class performed well and in two of the most transparent markets in the world the UK and the US and over 90% of tenants paid their rent during the whole of the COVID crisis so I think the diversification by sector and by geography and across the capital stack whether it's equity or debt investing and mixing both investments at an asset level and an entity level have really 
and that diversification has played out well for most investors. So I think this is here to say. It's not just at an asset level, is it, Richard? We've seen activity too on the M and A side. Um, why is that happening now? Again, Russell, I'd say that uh, you know if you you look at the through the lens of 2020, and you, it was difficult to get many things really moving, but the willingness for real estate investors um, and capital to allocate at either an asset or an entity level was already well developed uh, up into 2019. So I think it's, again, a bit of a return to normal. The asset class is becoming more operationally intensive. There's no doubt about that. So there's a great deal of logic to uh, capital uh, partnering with great uh, operating partners. So it's not really a different story, frankly, to the direct market or the LPs into funds market. It's about how do we deploy our capital alongside partners that can help us deliver better, more stabilized returns or whatever return criteria you're looking for. And just finally, Richard, on the investor side, how is data and technology helping? Is it the answer for investors when looking to both invest and perhaps also to divest? You've kind of hit the buzzer question really in the industry. You know, data is um, is extremely important and, and increasingly valuable. And if you've got scale, you've got sufficient, you've got significant amounts of information about your own portfolio. So uh, leveraging data to make better informed decisions, is it's clearly been something the industry has always done. It's just now got technology that superpowers that. So it's the technology that's helping us unlock data in a way that wasn't there before. Um, so investors making better informed decisions, advisors being better able to advise and leveraging the new newest techniques in AI and machine learning to drive proxy information when we still have a large amount of the real estate world which is not completely transparent. You need to be leveraging AI and machine learning more in less transparent markets than you might necessarily need to do in highly transparent markets. So for me, um, the investors are all all grappling with this. Um, it's very important for, for their own businesses and for their fiduciary responsibilities that they they get to grips with their own data and, and us as advisors ensuring that we're able to support them on that journey and, and provide advice and insight that they might not otherwise be able to, to get or glean, then, you know, that's that's going to be a key part of the industry going forward. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty convinced that businesses that, that are able to record and extrapolate their own data and leverage AI and machine learning are gradually going to replace those that don't. It's quite a strong point to end on, Richard. We'll leave it there. Thanks very much. It's been great. It's been a real pleasure.